I'm Philip Italian. Welcome to Insight. This week, why doesn't New Zealand have more stay-at-home fathers? The Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern's announcement that she was pregnant hit the headlines around the world. She plans to be at home for the first six weeks before getting back to official duties. That means her partner, Clark Gayford, will take on the role of stay-at-home father. Hamish Cardwell delves into the role of men as primary caregivers in New Zealand, asking who they are, how many there are, and whether they get enough support. Oh, <laughs> well, this is, well, this is normal. <laughs> it was mid-morning on a Friday with people easing back into work mode when a post on social media by the Prime Minister grabbed the nation's attention. It turns out Jacinda Ardern and her partner Clark Gayford had been keeping a pretty big secret. In June, we're looking forward to welcoming our first child. Um, we still have to get used to saying that out loud because, of course, we've been keeping it to ourselves for quite um, a long time. That day, the people of New Zealand learned a few things about their new Prime Minister. She'd conducted coalition negotiations through morning sickness. The Deputy Prime Minister, Winston Peters, was going to get a six-week stint in the top spot, while Jacinda Ardern recovered from childbirth and looked after her new baby. And after that, her partner, Clark Gayford, a radio and television broadcaster, was going to take over as the primary caregiver. Now, with five weeks to go, he sits in his living room and says it seems like time's speeding up. I don't know if we'd necessarily thought through how it was all going to work. I mean, we obviously didn't know that one of us in our relationship was going to get quite a promotion. And so that um, <laughs> changed, changed things significantly in terms of, um, you know, just her availability and time. So we're going to have to be quite careful to, to make sure that, um, you know, the baby travels around a lot with her and, and is there for, for while it grows up. On top of the usual pre-baby preparations, the couple recently bought a home in the Auckland suburb of Sandringham, moving in only a few weeks ago. Clark Gayford says there are still boxes dotting the house and he's been working through a list of projects to prep the house for the new arrival. There's a baby room packed with more accoutrements than he ever knew they'd need. There's a lot of hand-me-downs from friends and family and visits from them have taken on a whole new perspective. It's funny, isn't it, because prior to um, Jacinda getting pregnant, it was always Uncle Clark going around, mucking around with the kids and, you know, having a bit of fun with them. But now when I'm around, I'm like... What are you feeding them? What's their routine? Trying to, you know, get a, get a little bit more of a handle on, on how you do this thing. What are you looking forward to the most? Um, well, just, I mean, it's like... Do you remember when you were young and you got the you, Christmas presents went under the tree too early and you just would stare at them and think, what's in there? What, what's in there? What's going on? It's like that now. So, you know, the, the reality's there. We know that we're, we're going to have a child and now I'm, I'm you know, pretty excited to, to meet it. But being a budding stay-at-home father and the Prime Minister's partner obviously puts him in a pretty unique position. By and large, I've been almost embarrassed about it in the sense that it's, it's just something that I, I, you know, it was pretty obvious that that was what I was going to have to do and I don't feel particularly special about doing that because I do know that there's lots of dads out there that have been doing this for years and years and years. So to have attention around that being a, a something special that I was going to do doesn't, doesn't really sit that comfortably with me but it's been nice when the dads have come up and they've been really excited to tell you about how it goes and and what you have to look forward to. So what is known about New Zealand's other male primary caregivers and how many of them are there? The short answer is not much and no one is really counting. StatsNZ doesn't have a definition for a stay-at-home father and doesn't collect specific information about the group.
It cites the Household Labour Force Survey, which is a comprehensive nationwide sample of 16,000 households. It shows that late last year, 3% of men not in the labour force listed looking after children as their main activity, compared to nearly 20% of women. It isn't possible to directly compare the labour force survey to the census because they use different methodologies and different collection methods. But census data from 2001 until 2013 has the number increasing slightly from 2.8% to 3.3%. These figures likely underrepresent the actual number of men who are looking after children. That's because they exclude those employed part-time or who are looking for work. The census numbers also don't include same-sex couples. Families in New Zealand are increasingly diverse, from male and female couples through to gender-diverse, blended and sole carer families. The majority of men who identify as the primary caregiver are from heterosexual relationships. So who are the fathers that choose, or end up, becoming the principal caregiver? In the Wellington suburb of Wilton, on a bright autumn morning, a group for stay-at-home fathers is underway. The group started in 2011, and Brendan Miller, the host of this week's catch-up, has been attending regularly since becoming the primary caregiver to his two daughters a couple of years ago. There are about 50 members of the group, and up to 10 fathers and their children regularly hang out for chats and play each week. The group also provides social support. It has a football team and monthly father-only events like Dads Go Bush, which are overnight camping trips involving beer. There's also the Dads Games, where they do things like play frisbee golf and go bowling. Brendan Miller says his family had previously employed nannies. But the combination of a treasured nanny leaving and a job that required constant travel prompted him to step into full-time parenting. He says despite sometimes wanting to tear his hair out, the little things make it all worthwhile. It's just those little milestones, like um, teaching your kids to be brave and to try something, um, and to see them try something and be successful. Um, and, you know, if all you've done is encourage them, and they've done it themselves, it's, that's pretty cool. I really like that. Um, when I was working, there was a lot of those milestones that passed without me here. So I'd come home and someone had taken their first steps or had stood up for the first time. And it was like, oh, amazing. But you weren't there for it. You weren't part of it. Um, so it's just cool to be there for the little things. Putting in that time early will hopefully set up an enduring relationship with his children. It's not for everyone, I guess, is the thing. Um, you've got to have a, a particular temperament to, to be a stay-at-home parent, whether you're a male or a female, I think. Um, but it's a great opportunity, you know, and it, it's, it's really a short window of time. They, it, it's, it's crazy how quickly they grow up. Like, it feels like yesterday those squirrels in the background were, were babies, you know, but now they're about to go to school. So it is, it is quite a short amount of time, really. Originally from Edinburgh, Derek Milne has been in New Zealand for 11 years after meeting his partner in Christchurch. He's the primary caregiver for his two daughters aged six and four, a role he stepped into when his oldest was three months old. It's certainly the hardest job I've ever had. Long hours, tough bosses, you know, always complaining, never happy. <laughs> but um, I don't know, it's, these are children test you, don't they? they? They push buttons that you never knew you had, and so it's, I suppose it's that thing, you find out a lot about yourself. You know, there's a certain isolation that you can have at times, but uh, things like this group, they, they help a lot, you know, having guys that you can get together with and, and the social element as well because there's a lot of guys who are, you know, their kids have 
grown up through the, the group and now are at school, so they don't attend the Thursdays, but there's still the social activities, the football and nights out, and you know, they're very active in organising stuff, so you don't get cut off. It certainly helps a lot. Isolation is something that pops up again and again when speaking to stay-at-home fathers. It's a risk that can confront most parents, but Brendan Miller says fathers have particular challenges. When I first started, so that um, was six or so years ago now, I went along to the antenatal group um, that we were part of, and they were great, they were really welcoming, but the reality was it was me and seven mums, you know, and the experience they're going through at that time is different to, to a father's experience, you know, so... Um, while there are a lot of things we shared, there are a lot of things that were different, and it, 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 because I was the only one at that time, it was it was a bit isolating. But I still took part; like uh, it was good for the kids to socialise, and you know, in, I'd go and have a coffee anywhere. So um, that's probably the one bit of advice I'd give to a stay-at-home dad is to get out and leave the house. He says being the primary caregiver has made him reevaluate the kind of work he wants to do when his youngest starts school. I'm looking at my career and my job prospects quite differently now um, and my priorities are quite different so I'm really looking at flexible jobs which will ideally work around me picking up the girls and dropping them off every day when they're at school. Just I'm, I'm realistic about what jobs will facilitate me being able to, to, to be that involved. There are some jobs which are more flexible and able to offer that and some aren't at the moment. Um, <laughs> shut up. Yes, Hello. That's the life of a parent, not always being able to finish one's sentences. All the fathers at this coffee group describe their friends and family as being supportive of their decisions to be the primary caregiver. Another thing they share is the fact that they are in the financial position for it to be a choice. This is a Yamaha R1 1000, and it just helps me to go roaming. <laughs> Thirty-four-year-old Hayden Allen is a solo father with two teenagers. The motorcycle enthusiast lives in Napier and has had full-time custody of his children for the past two years. He says he's faced stigma from people in his community when they find out he's a stay-at-home father. I guess I beat myself up sometimes as well because it's like when people go, "Oh, what do you do for a job?" I say, "Oh, well, I'm a stay-at-home parent." But oh, you know, and it goes quiet. You can hear the birds chirping. And I believe it depends on the people who, who it's coming from, if it counts or not. For me personally, if it's coming from someone that's not contributing anything to my life, I don't really care. It just is what it is. At times, he's made do on the benefit. And he says taking on the primary caregiver role has been rewarding but intense. And it's hard to be a single dad, especially getting up, school, sports, you know, fees, trips, clothing... Oh man, you name it, you know, attitudes, you know, emotions, OMG, it's just like waves and waves and waves. But again, we just stand here and we, we learn. And with every wave that we get hit by, we get back up. And as long as we're falling forward, that's all that matters. The gender wage gap looms over any discussion of the low numbers of families choosing the man to be the primary caregiver. According to Stats NZ, of the more than 30,000 parents who took up the government's paid parental leave in 2016, only 447, just over 1%, were fathers. The official data varies, but on average women earn between 9% and 16% less than men in this country. The gap is even wider for women with children. Because this is, I think there are 
about one and a half years old here. Ryan Greenaway-McGreevy is a senior lecturer in economics at the University of Auckland and the father of twins. He says that New Zealand, like the rest of the world, has a gendered approach to men's and women's roles. There is this predominant view out there that men are viewed as the, the primary breadwinners. Uh, and it's important to recognise that that's not going to work or that won't apply for a lot of men and indeed for a lot of couples. There are going to be a lot of men out there who have the skills and have the ability um, to look after kids uh, and do an excellent job. They'll have the patience, they'll have the, the perseverance um, and the empathy. And where we don't want to be is in a situation in which those men feel like they can't make use of those skills uh, because that's not their role in society. And there's economic theory to back this up. Social prejudice against any group because it's wrongly believed they aren't suited to a role is an inefficient way to structure a firm, and in this case, a family. The theory of comparative advantage dictates that the person best suited to a role, such as primary caregiver, should do it, and that could well be the father. The wage gap and societal attitudes towards gender roles could well be excluding men who would be excellent at the job. And it's important to recognise that you know, uh, early childhood really matters um, in terms of outcomes later in life. Uh, so having the best person in that role is going to be better for the child. I'm sure the father will find it rewarding as well, but also society as a whole. But there's evidence that some employers look askance at men who take time out to look after their children. Ryan Grenaway-McGreevy cites a US study from earlier this year which showed that men who chose to be primary caregiver were viewed in a worse light by prospective employers, even more so than people who had been fired. So they thought that men in particular who had spent some time out of the workforce uh, to look after kids, that that was a very bad signal, that they weren't really committed to working, uh, whereas women didn't face that penalty as much. And that's really sad, right, because you can imagine... Uh, a lot of men that perhaps want to spend some time out of the workforce to look after their kids are probably aware of the fact that, you know, that's because it's not done that frequently that it looks a bit odd and that that may come back to bite them when it, when it comes time to re-enter the workforce. The gender wage gap can create a vicious cycle for women. Because on average they earn less than men, there's an economic incentive for them to be the ones to do the childcaring. Factoring time away from work necessary to recover after giving birth let alone decisions about breastfeeding, and there's a further hit to the mother's earning potential. All this increases the financial drivers for them to remain in the caregiving role. Having a stay-at-home father is one way of neutralising this. Pansy Duncan is a senior media studies lecturer at Massey University in Auckland. She's the daughter of fellow academic Grant Duncan, who was her primary caregiver until she was six years old. They now work together on the same floor at the university. I spoke to them both at Grant Duncan's Auckland apartment in St Mary's Bay. Pansy Duncan says Grant being at home meant she grew up watching her mother in the primary breadwinner role. So I guess the fact that I've always sort of been very driven and I've been very career-oriented is partly because, you know, the fact that my dad was at home meant my mum was someone who I always saw being very... She's just very busy and focused and, and um, was in the workforce, so... Um, and I, yeah, so I think, I think in terms of men thinking about uh, being a, a primary caregiver, I think particularly when you, have, when you have daughters, just to sort of think about how that allows your partner, um, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, to sort of to model um, for, for your daughter a, a kind of a, the, the role of a, a career-focused woman. And Grant Duncan says being Pansy's primary caregiver helped open up opportunities in his own life. 
I mean, one of the reasons why I ended up doing a PhD was because I was looking after her. I mean, also, I fortunately got a scholarship, mm. uh, so it meant income, but it kind of just, once again, just continued to make sense. Declan Clark was always going to be the one who stayed at home. He and his lawyer partner, Anna Patterson, live in Whangarei in Northland. A printer by trade, he says he was often at work from 5 o'clock in the morning until 8 o'clock at night when his children with his previous partner were growing up. And this time round, I get to see... Um, I got to see Neve's four steps, Oscar's four steps, Neve getting down and boogieing at the, at the little music groups. And just... It's just generally to see all of those lovely things that you never get to see when you're not around. He became the full-time primary caregiver when his daughter Neve was two months and two weeks old. His partner's career prospects and his affinity with children made him the obvious choice. For the first couple of months, he and Neve would sleep in a separate room so his partner could sleep and be fresh for work. Declan Clark says the challenge of child-rearing brought the two parents closer. Unless you have good, you know, hard challenges to test your reserve between yourself and your partner, um, you can get into a, a bit of a, like a stale or a stagnant little um, situation. And now, because we had, um, the, like, Neve really, really small, it did, it did test our patience. I won't, I won't lie about that, but it also made us a lot stronger. Dee Miller is a corporate lawyer and is married to Brendan Miller from the Wellington Dads Coffee Group. How does she think her relationship has changed since Brendan took over the full-time primary care? Far more respect for him now. Not that, even, not that there was ever a lack of respect, but now I see how he's really fun and he does a whole lot of stuff, but at the same time he, he, you know, he gets stuff done around the house and he remembers all of the things that need to be, you know, that carries the mental load. And um, not that I ever took him for granted before, but I certainly now see how he... Um, as a as a stay at home dad, I don't know. I think he's a better dad than a lot of others. An Otago University law professor and expert in child related law, Mark Hennehan, says having the man as the primary caregiver is often beneficial to the couple's relationship, and it can also have a positive effect on society as a whole. In the long run, um, the benefits because their, their their children are growing up happy and, and well adjusted, and they've looked after them well, and their relationships going well because they've both shared in it. Uh, that will benefit the workforce as well. I think in the big picture, if you look at the big picture, everyone benefits from that. Dee Miller says women have been doing the unacknowledged hard work of raising children forever, and with more men moving into the role, there might be greater recognition of just how challenging it is. That's a little annoying, though. I do find it somewhat galling to think that if men become, you know, more equal in terms of the number of men looking after kids, they will start saying, this is really hard. Good on, you know, the mums for doing it forever. And that people will actually take that seriously. Like, it takes a man to shine a light on something that women for millennia, or probably centuries, have been saying is actually really hard work. But at the same same time, if that's what it takes to shine the light on what is actually really bloody hard work, then, you know, more power to it. 
So what are the entitlements for families taking time out of work to look after children in New Zealand? Essentially, if you've worked 10 hours a week for an employer for a year, you can get 18 weeks of government-funded paid parental leave and a year off unpaid. The paid component will increase to 22 weeks from July the 1st and to 26 weeks in 2020, after changes brought in by the Labour-led coalition government. It's capped at $538 a week before tax, which is less than the minimum wage. The unpaid leave can be taken at the same time or shared between parents, but the paid portion must be taken all at once, and it applies to either person in the relationship, including same-sex couples. Partners can also take up to two weeks' unpaid partner's leave. The government has signalled it wants further changes to the rules around paid parental leave and says work is ongoing and will ramp up as the year goes on. A Victoria University senior law lecturer, Amanda Riley, is calling on the government to follow Australia's lead. She wants it to make the partner's unpaid leave entitlement a paid entitlement, set, to start with, at the minimum wage. She says studies show that in families where men are more involved in caregiving, there's a positive effect on women's earning. Um, there's a lot of conversation coming from this government about the need to address the gender pay gap, but this is actually a concrete step that could be taken um, to signal commitment towards that, I think. But what I will note is that employers in other countries manage to pay the costs, or the taxpayer does pay the costs. I, th I think it comes down to a matter of priorities. And uh, Yes, it, it would cost money, but I suppose I mean, we have to decide how much do we value caregiving and families. Amanda Riley says it's all about fundamental fairness and keeping gender equity moving forward. Mark Hennehan agrees it's about fairness. If we're going to get it back to a form of equality, I think the only way we're going to do that is if, if, if both parties have the option to have paid parental leave and they can both be there and there's more flexibility about how it's done because uh, evidence shows if, if, if uh, fathers do spend more time with the children when they're very young, the bond gets stronger and also they get into the good habit of sharing the load with young children because often the load in our society, and we don't recognise it enough, is taken by women. And it appears the majority of men aren't happy with the way things are now either. Susan Morton is the director of Growing Up in New Zealand, a longitudinal study tracking nearly 7,000 children and their caregivers. We do find that two-thirds of those dads actually find that they would like to be more involved in their child's life than they are able to be. Um, and the biggest or the greatest majority tell us that the reason for that is because work hours are too long and they're too inflexible um, and that work gets in the way basically. So even the dads who are not choosing to be stay-at-home dads are saying to us they want more involvement with their children in their early lives and they're telling us that currently the policies and the sort of uh, social norms around work for men generally make that challenging for them. And they are actually struggling to be a parent as well as to be, if you like, the, the earner. Grant Duncan says up until now, the government's focus has been on increasing the time allocated for paid parental leave. But he thinks it's time to boost payments to parents as well. I would challenge the government right now to uh, move an amendment to the paid parental leave provisions that would increase the quantum of paid parental leave and lift it well above the minimum wage. Grant Duncan is one of many experts who say New Zealand should look to countries like Sweden as a model for paid parental leave public policy. Well, I think the attitude that the Swedes have got right is that 
they've looked at it from both points of view. So in New Zealand, when we've talked officially about gender equality, we've tended to think in terms of women doing things more like what men have traditionally done. The Swedes have looked at it from both points of view, and they've thought about how can we get men to do more of the things that women have traditionally done. And so politically and culturally, they're way ahead of us in terms of uh, viewing things and gender equality in that two-dimensional way, whereas I think our thinking is still somewhat one-dimensional. Would you say that this is something that we can afford to do in New Zealand? Yes, of course we can afford it. It's one of those things where we can afford it if we want to afford it. Do you know what I mean? I think affordability is partly about what we're, what our values are, what we're you know, really prepared for and what we really want to do. Uh, and, yeah, OK, the money's got to come from somewhere, but keep in mind that, you know, it's made round to go round, so to speak. So um, in terms of providing these benefits, it's not as if it just sort of ends up in a family vault somewhere and doesn't get spent. I mean, it gets, goes straight down to the supermarket, doesn't it, and gets spent there. And in Sweden, it's had an effect. Fathers there claim nearly 28% of the total childcare leave, at least 10 times the New Zealand number. Mark Hennehan says the government needs to take the lead or it won't happen. All the research everywhere around the world shows that um, those first few years are the most important in terms of all our development subsequently, and yet we don't seem to put uh, any economic incentives there um, for, for both parents to be there to share it, which I think is very important for them and also for the child, and, and to really get the maximum benefit for the child. I, I think we'd have a much better and happier and better developed society if we did that. We tend to look at things in, in, in the short term, but the most important thing we produce in our society, the most important thing is the next generation who, who are going to look after us all in their old age and are going to keep their country going. I mean, if we don't produce good citizens who can be productive, we're, we're all, we're all going to go backwards very, very quickly. So it's, it's, it's probably the best economic investment we could actually do for the country. Back in Wilton, the stay-at-home fathers have some advice for dads contemplating taking on the primary caregiver role. Craig Smith is to the point. Suck it up, yeah. Uh, just do it, uh, get on with it. It can be messy here and there, but at uh, the end of the day, your, your kids will be thankful that you were there with them in those first few years. But Derek Milne is a little more philosophical. Enjoy it. I think it's, sort of, it's easy to get lost in the minutiae of tantrums and nappy changing and stuff, but you know, look at the big picture and remember to enjoy it because time moves fast and before you know it, they'll be up and gone. And So, yeah, enjoy it. And with the due date just around the corner... Clark Gayford will be looking to loved ones for guidance with his new role. Um, it's nice when you've got friends that have kids that are slightly older because then you can use them as a resource to say, OK, um, what's going wrong here? How did you tackle this problem? So that, that'll be great. And, you know, I've got, I've got, some, I've got some great girlfriends who have been um, really forthcoming and, and are genuinely excited about the prospect of me changing nappies and, and having a real lack of sleep. program was written and presented by Hamish Cardwell. If you'd like to discover some great listening, you can head to our page at rnz.co.nz forward slash insight, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, Veronica Maduna explores the options for farmers to reduce global warming gases if New Zealand has become carbon neutral by 2050, and that could include emission-free sheep. I'm Philippa Tolley, and that's all from Insight for today. Thanks for listening.